It's now time for Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. Mike will get you into the ring with the latest boxing and MMA info, the Lobos, and much more. Now, here's Mike Adams 2.0. Presented by El Mesquite Market, bringing cultures together. Good morning, sports fans. Mike Adams 2.0 ESPN Radio 101.7 The Team. And I'm going to start off with our guest. Like The guest list has been incredible. And I like to bring in this next guy. Not only is he the voice of the Gladiators, which is our arena football league team. Now, he's the voice of high school sports for sure. And very knowledgeable about sports all around. Sebastian Noel, welcome to the show, sir. Mike, it's good to catch up. Well, I'll tell you what. We're t- going towards the end of prep football season and the beginning of prep basketball season, who do you who do you have winning the big schools football championship? I think we're going to have an all uh, city championship game again. I think between La Cueva and Cleveland. That's that's that was my prediction before the season, and I haven't seen anything to change my mind. High school football has been prevalent this year. A lot more um, excitement. It feels like in twenty twenty two. Do you feel that same way when you're calling the games? You know, I mean, I, when you're calling the games, and you know this, Mike, you always feel the excitement, right? But, I mean, to your point, it seems like attendance this year, and I don't have any figures to back this up, but especially at some of the big games, the good matchups, attendance has been really good this year, from, and just anecdotally from the eye test, in my opinion. Sebastian Noel's my guest, ESPN 101.7, the team. Let's switch to basketball as we start to tip off. Um, there's a lot of schools that could be vying for the big school crown. Give me your top three teams in the city. Now, you're talking about just big schools? Because you know i got to give Del Norte that love, too, in my nights, right? So we're talking. <laughs> we're, we're going to get to talk nights in a second, right? We'll as talk, long as you can guarantee me that. We'll talk Del Norte, but tell me the best three teams in the city, not the state. If you go to the city, I think I, I really, really love Sandia going into the season, man. That you talk about a good, now great starting five. The guards they have uh, with with Eli Lovato, obviously that's Sean Baker's son, right? He's the point guard there. He's such a quiet, steady leader. You know exactly what he's going to do out there. Dalen Moyer can run the point, super athletic. He can shoot from the outside. Uh, one of my favorite players in the city. Uh, Andrew Hill, the lefty, he can shoot it from the outside off the dribble. I don't know if there's a guy harder to guard off the dribble that's slipperier than Andrew, man. He is so hard to stay in front of. And then Lamarion Coleman on that team, you know, last year, he kind of did all the dirty work. He's like the Draymond Green, minus the, you know, kicking in the groin and all the extracurriculars, crazy stuff. Like, he does the rebounding, he does the defense, he, he's the hype man, he's the energy, right? But then I watched him all summer long, and he's just added to his offensive game exponentially, man. He's throwing in some some Kevin McHale moves around the basket, you know, where he's like, he looks like a polished offensive player now. From a starting lineup, I don't think there's a team that's going to run a better starting lineup on the floor than the Sandia Matadors. So I love Sandia. Shout out Sean Baker, one of my top five players of all time. And Danny Brown, shout out to you. Who are the other two teams in the city that that people should be looking out for? 
in the family, man. Uh, Danny's brother Greg's got a great squad over at Volcano. You know, they just always reload. And obviously, they they lost Jaquan Hill right to graduation. And Jaquan, uh, you know, I got a chance to see New Mexico Highlands exhibition game. Uh, Jaquan's playing some quality minutes, man, as a freshman. Coach Dominguez, Mikey Dominguez, I know he's a friend of yours as well. Coach Dominguez loves Jaquan. And if he already has this much trust in him as a freshman, wow, what a career that guy's going to have up at Highlands. But anyway, this year's team, they're going to have two monsters inside in Sean Alter and Kenyon Aguino. But Kenyon, if you spotlight one out of the two, man, he can step outside and stroke to three. He can bring the ball up the floor for you. So where they lost a lot of the guard position, those two big guys, another year of experience under their belt, and especially Aguino, he's so good. Uh, the Volcano Vista is going to be right there. I, I think we could have an all-Brown championship. That's It might be Danny against Greg. Shout-out Greg Brown, undefeated in 2021. Shout-out to the Lady Volcano Vista Hawks as well, undefeated oh. as well. Have you ever seen that before, Sebastian? Where the where the women's team and the men's team actually are both undefeated and both state champions? No, you, I mean you just don't see that. So you that's no, that's it's unheard of, Mike. To answer your question, it's absolutely unheard of. Great job, Coach Villarreal, as well. Look out for Madi Manzanares on that girls' team. Some say, you know, when you talk about the girls' side of the basketball. Uh, the girl from El Dorado, Bella Hines, and Mari Monsonatis from Volcano. Is there other players we, sh- we should be looking out for? Uh, Leilani Love at Albuquerque High, fantastic. Uh, the guards at Sandia, there's three of them, right, with Hope Giddings. And, but, uh, they got three guards back there. The Sandia's girls are going to be tough, tough. So there's, there's quite a few standouts, but those would be some of the other ones I highlight. Let's go to Del Norte because I know you graduated from there. One of the top graduates ever, Sebastian Noel. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that, but if Mike Adams says it, it must be true. Well, and here's the thing. I went to Del Norte as well. What does it look like for the Knights? Two state championship games. They won one, came up a little bit short in the second, and Highland was just too big. But what does it look like for them trying to get back there for the third time in a row? Hey, I think they got a good chance. Because I think they're going to have the classification's best player in Shane Doma Sanchez. And all indications are, man, he's had a fantastic offseason. And some of the, the APS Fall League has started, you know, and, and just what LaQueva, they've already beat LaQueva. Well, everyone's beat LaQueva in the fall. We'll get to that in a minute. But, and they also, they also beat Sandia, right? And in, in the Fall League. And all indications are that Shane's game right now, is at a whole nother level. We've always seen how great of an offensive player he is, right? But now they got some young guys on that team, and he's really getting them involved and making them better and distributing the ball. And so if that part of his game develops, where maybe the, the shot selection is even better now, and he's getting other guys involved, then he's the best player in 4A, or in 4A. That's, that's hands down. So when you have the best player in the classification on the floor and he's making everyone else around him better, and then you have a coach on the sideline as good as Coach McIntosh, I don't have to tell you, Coach Mack squeezes every single ounce out of what he has. And there's no reason to think they couldn't be right there back in the championship game one more time. Wow, that would be three in a row. And they've lost a couple of key players. 
So it'll be very interesting with that prediction that they get back there three years in a row. Shout out Del Norte. Best of luck. Now, Sebastian, I want to talk to you about this this prep league that's here because a lot of players are playing in this prep league. And tell us a little bit more about it. How many games are played? How many games are played in Albuquerque? And and how can we watch this team? Well, I mean, I think only one of their tournaments is actually in Albuquerque. The rest, it's a travel team, no doubt, right? So they're they're in Phoenix, they're in Vegas, they're in Utah. So as far as watching, I mean, some of them are streamed on Baller TV and various other outlets, but those are, so you never know what quality that's going to be. You never know what the price is going to be, right? So that part is, it's not user-friendly if you don't watch it, that's for sure. I mean, you can find it if you really want to find it, but it's it's pretty hit or miss. But, uh, you know, what Brandon Mason has started over there, um, it certainly is appealing to, to a lot of high school kids, right? That, and so the numbers are there. He's got some kids over there. You know, we mentioned Del Norte. You know, Del Norte's second best player, or they're 1A, they're 1B, however you want to say it, Judah Casals. He's not at Del Norte anymore. He's there. So they've got some good kids over there, obviously. You know, they got a Marcus Wilson, who's supremely talented. Um, I mean, I, you know, I'm a high school guy. Mike, I don't have to tell you that. That's what I do, right? We broadcast high school games. So it's certainly disheartening when those guys are not at the school you expect to see them at. But, you know, uh, I'm never one to to discourage a kid from going after whatever they want to go after, whether they think it's more opportunities, whether they think it's some travel opportunities for to get seen outside the state, or whether they just want to play with some buddies on the team, whatever the reason, you're not ever going to hear me disparage that. Sebastian Noel is my guest, ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. Let's move to college basketball. When I look at Kentucky last year, they lose to St. Peter's, right, in the first round, and everybody's just like, what just happened? Now I look at Kentucky 2022, I think they're the best team in the country. I mean, you tell me from a collegiate basketball standpoint, who's better than Kentucky? Who would you rank number one? I mean, yeah, Kentucky, you got to put Kentucky right there. Um, you know, I, I have that soft spot, obviously, for my Bruins, right, being a Southern California guy, and UCLA's returned a really, really nice squad. But I like Houston because I love what Coach Samson does there and uh, that defense they play there. Just, you know, in college, coaching matters more than at the pro level, I think. So I, I've always loved Coach Samson, I, you know, when when – the Alfred nightmare was over at UCLA. I was hoping that's who UCLA would go after. Obviously, they wound up doing just fine with Mick Cronin. But I, I mean, I, I like your I, I like your Kentucky pick. I don't have a problem with it. I mean, I think UNC is right there. I'm not a Gonzaga believer this year. Um, so that, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. It's hard. It's so hard early in the season though to kind of you know when, once once a good team plays another good team, then you can start making some of those. Uh, those kind of uh, assessments, but man, it's so early right now, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. I'd put UCLA in my top 10 for sure this year. I mean, North Carolina's loaded, so you could go number one with them if you really wanted to. I mean, it's totally up to you and your selections and who you feel uh, has that capability of becoming number one, but college basketball's underway. Let's switch gears to college football. They're talking about there's only four teams, right? We all watch on Tuesday to find out who the four teams are. TCU's four. Uh, number one, Georgia. Ohio State's in the mix. 
But my question to you is, when they move to 12 teams, is that really good? When they go to 12 teams, think about this. Alabama with two losses probably doesn't make the Final Four now, right? But at, oh, I don't know. They at, always seem to find a way, right? They always seem to find a way. So until I, I hear that final announcement and they really aren't in it, I won't believe it until then. But if there's a 12 and Alabama has two losses, they're back in the college football playoff. You see where I'm going with this? Yeah, no, absolutely. So is it good or bad that they're going to 12? I mean, it really depends on your perspective, man. If you're an SEC honk, then you love it, right? Because that's going to be a SEC heavy uh, representation always. Like to your point, Alabama's going to. Can you imagine a year or a scenario under 12 teams where Alabama doesn't get into that discussion or picture? I don't. I can't even imagine. As long as Saban's there, I, I can't imagine a time where they would not be in that final 12. So I, I could see where an SEC honk would absolutely love it. I mean, I don't know. I guess I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the four team the way they do it now anyway. So maybe I'll, I'd like to see the change just to see how it plays out. But I mean, it's such an imperfect system, right? It's not, it's not like the big dance in basketball at all. Who are the final two teams to play for the Super Bowl? Give me your Super Bowl matchup right now. Oh man, Mike, you just you're just putting me on the spot here, aren't you? Oh man, if it, you know the way Josh Allen looked the last couple of games, kind of leads you to go away from Buffalo. So I'm gonna say, let's go Kansas City against uh, Philadelphia. Wow, that's that's going out on a limb. Is it? No, that's a joke. <laughs> hey, Kansas City, Philadelphia. This is, let me tell you who I like. I like, I like if Buffalo stays healthy. I like Buffalo, and I like the Dallas Cowboys this year to get there. I'm not a Cowboy fan. I'm not a Bills fan. I'm a Raider fan. We're currently two and six. We blew a lead to Jacksonville. I can go on and on. Las Vegas deserves more, but I like the Cowboys and the Bills if the Bills stay healthy. Here's what's going to happen to the Cowboys, in my opinion. I'm not a Cowboys fan either. I'm a Green Bay Packers fan. My season's over, right? So, but here's what I think is going to happen to the Dallas Cowboys, and I just can't wait. So, you know, old man Brady, that a lot of people are already saying, oh, he's done, he's washed up, right? He's going to win that very, very mediocre NFC South, and Dallas is going to get a wild card. So they're going to, I, I am foreshadowing now, mark the tape, right, that since Tampa's going to win their division, they're going to have a home game, and that home game is going to end up being against the Dallas Cowboys. So the GOAT, Tom Brady, is going to knock out the Cowboys in the playoffs. Sebastian Noel is my guest. He's the voice of the Gladiators, voice of high school sports, football and basketball, and many other talents. Plus, he knows a thing or two about sports. Now, what's in your iPod right now? When you're driving around town, when you're getting ready for a game, what music is in the iPod? I need to know when you're preparing yourself to do a broadcast, or when you're driving around town, what's in the iPod? Oh, man, Mike, you know, actually, I've been a podcast guy lately, so I'm kind of steering away towards from music and more of a podcast guy because I'm traveling a lot more. But if I'm getting ready for my game, which as of this recording, my game tonight is La Cueva and Farmington, uh, you know, I usually rock out a little bit of George Strait, some Chris Stapleton. I'm a country guy. 
Chris Stapleton, you know, Tennessee whiskey has made him popular. Justin Timberlake made him popular. I'm a huge Chris Stapleton fan. I don't know if you yeah, knew that. No, I did not know that. I did not know that, Mike. So that, that's good to hear. You know, I like all genres of music. So you're going with Stapleton. You're going with who else did you say? Oh, the King, George Strait, man. You can't ever go wrong with King George, right? Yeah, George Strait. I mean, legendary. Um, some say the greatest ever to do it in country. I would argue that. But some say the greatest. Uh, yeah, you mean you can't. What what can you say about the king that you know he's just he's that good, man? You can't you can't argue against it. Now, you know everyone has a different opinion on that, and I wouldn't try to talk someone out of their quote unquote goat either. But uh, now George is my guy, that's for sure. Now, thanks. I'm going to check out the uh, stadium. To, you know, he's going back on a stadium tour. With Chris Stapleton, I think I'm going to make that trip to Phoenix next year. I think it'd be worth it. Tickets are probably about $700, i am guessing. Yeah, well, can we talk about a loan after we're done here, Mike? Right? I know you got the big butt. <laughs> but well worth it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing that concert. Now, let's stay with what we're talking about. It's Thanksgiving coming up. And is there a special plate for Sebastian Noel? When you show up to Thanksgiving dinner, did, do you have that special plate? Whatever you made, everybody has something special that they bring to the table during Thanksgiving. What is that for you? You know, if I'm in charge of bringing something, then I always take the easy way out and grab a pie from Village Inn, <laughs> if I'm being honest. I'm all about the easy way out when it comes to that. And here's the thing. What, what kind of pie typically? You go with the pumpkin that runs out at about 10 o'clock. And then let's. No. What's a secondary? What's a secondary one if it's not pumpkin? See, no, I'm not a pumpkin pie guy at all. So I go either banana cream or French silk. Wow, wow, not the French silk pie because um, you know you can't get that anywhere else, right? You're like you can't walk into a grocery store right now and stop somebody there and say, "Where's the French silk pies?" <laughs> right? Am I right? Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right. You couldn't even go. Do you remember First Cafeteria and they'd have all the pies at the end of the line? I never I saw do, yeah. a French silk pie. I saw a millionaire pie. Right. But I never saw a French silk pie. No, I think that might be an exclusive, right? It might be, and now you have me thinking about it. So when I go pick up a pumpkin pie on the, at the same spot you were at, now I got to see what this French silk pie is all about. There you go. You'll thank me later. As you're as you're sitting through that Detroit Lions game, you'll be thanking me. And the Detroit Lions, since you brought them up, beat your Green Bay Packers. But I thought the Lions so far this year have outperformed the Lions of old. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, they seem to be play, playing with more fight. That's, that's for sure. Hey, Mike, can I ask you a question? Can I turn the tables on you? You know what? Go ahead. All right, what what do you prefer? Do you prefer the all day of football at Thanksgiving or the all day of NBA at Christmas? Because I am an NBA Christmas guy all the way. Yeah, so am I. I mean, it starts at 10 a.m. or whatever time locally ends at 10 p.m. The big Let's be honest. It starts at 8 a.m. when you go to the sports book, right? And the line is out <laughs> the door, all right? And then you got to make it back by 10. And then the NBA does such a great job ma- it's all matchups that you want to see on that day, right? The Lions aren't playing on that day. Well, th- there's also something called tradition, Sebastian. 
And for whatever reason, the Lions have been tradition on Thanksgiving Day as well as the Cowboys, right? And then they added, right. and then they started adding the third game. Now, when you look at the NBA, not only are you entertained, but you're right. It's the matchups. It's the Lakers Celtics, right? It's the Dallas Mavericks and Atlanta Hawks because you want to see Trey Young and you want to see Luka Doncic. So you're absolutely right. I like the NBA personally on Christmas Day, um, but Thanksgiving's my favorite holiday. You asked me the question, I thought I'd give you the whole answer. Thanksgiving, I prefer more as far as the day, but from an entertainment standpoint, the NBA takes precedence. Yeah, what they've done, what the NBA has been able to do to just own that day. I mean, I don't, I don't know anybody really that doesn't just partake in NBA all day on Christmas. Man, it is such a powerful thing. Sebastian Noel's my guest. The Gladiators next year. What can we look forward to? Well, I think the most exciting thing is Nate Davis will be back at quarterback. So that's huge. Um, you know, it's a, it's it's a tough league and a tough Western Conference. So you know you're always battling the the Rattlers and Northern Arizona and some of these teams, but the core of the group, the core of the team is back intact. So once you get, you know, Nate Davis was hurt last year, and then Ramon Atkins did a great job, right, rookie out of New Mexico Highlands. He's moved on to another team now. Nate's back. You know, he set every offensive record there was the previous year. So that's back. The core receiving group is back with Greg Dent and Jared Elmore. And I know they're working hard to, to fill out the roster as we speak. Some of the defensive mainstays, Jason Serta, Byron Cooper are back. So there's no reason why uh, they can't make another run at this thing, right? But you know, if you play in the West, the road to the Western Conference Championship, it goes through Arizona, the Snake Pit, the Rattlers. They're the cream of the crop. It goes through that team every year. How much money would you pay Aaron Judge? Well, you know, that's if, I, if I'm like the Dodgers and I have Mike Adams' money, then you pay him whatever he asks for, right? Now, a mid, a middle of the road, a mid major, if you will, team, they can't afford that kind of cash, right? So is he is he going to command so much money where it limits it to two or three teams? But isn't that kind of what always happens with the big free agents, right? Especially if they're Scott Boris free agents, you just get the certain two or three teams involved. Then you uh, basically you have them bid against each other in the media, which who knows if that's actually happening or if it's just Scott Boris. And then next thing you know, you have this huge, huge payday. But, you know, his ability to be the face of a franchise, I don't know if the Yankees can afford to let him go, right? The Yankees have always had a face, right? Whether it's been Derek Jeter and then Judge has moved into that role so, you know, perfectly. Whether it's the way he deals with the media, the way he deals with fans, et cetera, et cetera. Obviously the play on the field. So he he might be worth more to the Yankees than he is to the Dodgers or any other pursuing team. I would start seven hundred million ten years. That's where I would start. See where it gets me. Then how how do you how much do you pay a guy like Shohei Otani that hits and pitches? Yeah, I agree. So what would is- that arbitration? What would that? I'm just saying if 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 he were to somehow get to arbitration, what would that arbitration hearing look like? Right, like I, I would, I, if I was the player, I would say, "Well, I want an arbitration hearing for my offensive side, and I want an arbitration hearing for the pitching side." I mean, that's just to think about. It's mine, but we're watching a modern day Babe Ruth, but maybe even better, and we don't even realize it. Sebastian Noel, he's the voice of the Gladiators, voice 
of high school sports. Hey, I'm glad you took some time to come on the show today, buddy. Hey, it's always good to catch up with you, Mike. I, I love the show. I love what you're doing, man. Uh, you know, I'm glad you could squeeze me in between Ken Burns and presidents and all the dignitaries. <laughs> you know, you're the man. You're the man. Hey, I appreciate you. Take care. Happy Thanksgiving, Sebastian. Same to you, my friend. All right. You're listening to Mike Adams 2.0. Let's get back to Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team, presented by El Mesquite Market, bringing cultures together. Welcome back, Mike Adams 2.0 ESPN Radio 101.7 The Team. And, you know, they were asking me, Mike, what's in your iPod? The new Drake and 21 Savage I've been listening to. I think it's a great compilation, a great collaboration. So that's what I've been listening to this week. What time is it right now? It's time for fact or fiction. Michael Frankel comes in. He asks me if it's fact. I tell him if it's fiction. Mike, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? Let's get after it. Amanda Lemoyche knocked herself into title contention last Saturday night. That's a fact, Mike. And not only did she knock it out, she knocked it out of the park. When you get a one punch where you frazzle your opponent's brain into fighting in a visible ghost nearly, it seemed like, that is power. Amanda Lemoyche deserves to be in title contention. Neil Magny makes history 20 wins in uh, most wins in UFC welterweight history. That's Hall of Fame worthy. I think so. I think that's enough. 20 wins in the division. He's been around how long? 11, 12 years now in UFC? It's a decade. Yeah. Since 2012. Yeah, so 10 years. I mean, Hall of Fame, he'll be close. I I think if you're going to give him the nod, you should, but it'll be close, Michael. Not as same quality of wins than GSP, but more, and then legit that longevity has to be recognized at some point in this game. The Jim Millers, the Diego Sanchez, the guys that knocked on the door, there's still a level of greatness here that should be respected for this sport. A Bivol, his performance blew the doors off. I don't know if it blew the doors off, so I'm going to say fiction, but fact, Bivol showed up. Bivol showed up. It wasn't just that he showed up. He showed up different than he showed up against Canelo. He showed up and... I don't know how you avoid 80% of the oncoming offense. And Mike, you know boxing when I say this. When he took the fight and fought at range one, right there in the pocket, nose to nose, and to still walk out that clean, it was a next level. And next level means next for Bivol has to be better BF. Well, to be, I would love to see that. So fact, I hope it does happen. Shout out Brian Mendoza, too. I just got to give him a shout out, Mike. Called what up, an uppercut. Call, called up last second and shows up. That's what Lombala is all about. But you were telling me about better BF versus Bivol. The chances you think it happens? I think it does happen, and, and that's definitely one. Let me repeat. That's definitely one you don't want to miss. That's one you don't want to miss. Tonight is one you don't want to miss. I'm psyched. The UFC is at MSG. They're in the Big Apple. It's Alex Pajeda. It's Israel Adesanya. And Alex Pajeda is the biggest threat that Adesanya has encountered. Fact. And not just that, Micah. This fight being in New York, Madison Square Garden, because there hasn't been a whole lot in the Garden. They're always in Vegas, right? Oh, yeah. But when they get to the Garden, 
It's like these guys amp up even a little bit more. Well, it's once a year, and there's some big moments. Connor became a champ champ. GSP became a champ champ. Cormier defended the champ champ stats. When you go to MSG, something big happens. And Pajada is the foe that Adesanya needed to get the fans back involved. Yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. Adesanya needs the fans back involved. This is your guy. This is a fact because I love the intro. We saw the dancing in Australia. We saw the Undertaker in July. But unfortunately, instead of making his opponent rest in peace, I saw the stands clearing out there live in person. This is the narrative. This is the opponent that's going to bring out the best in Adesanya, and the fans need to see the best of the style bender. In the same riot that we could say Carla Esparza needs a win over a competitor like Zhang Wei Li to really solidify herself as a champion. Yeah, I, I agree. Fact. I think that's a fact. And, and hopefully it does happen soon, Micah. We have it as the co-main event. Esparza, a tenacious wrestler. We know about the heart. She's found ways to eke out wins. But it's the eke out win factor that has many people believing that Zhang Wei Li... The second biggest favorite on the fight card, actually, will walk away as the world champion. And factor fiction is Zhang Wei Li's ability for the spectacular that makes her such a heavy favorite. Yeah, that's a fact. And not just that, Micah. Esparza, as you had said, she gets wins. Somehow, some way, she gets them, right? You say she ekes them out. Somehow, some way, she continues to win. This one might be different. As you said, the second biggest favorite on the card, or is she the biggest favorite? Second biggest. Uh, Aaron Blanchfield actually coming in slightly bigger, a minus 360. Zhang Wei Li at a minus 320. Huge favorite there. It's that spinning back fist against Joanna Njacek. It's how she took the title from Jessica Andrade the first time versus Esparza, six-fight win streak, two splits and a majority decision. That's a little too skin of the teeth. Ch- uh, Michael Chandler versus Dustin Poirier. This is a meeting between our last two action heroes in the lightweight division. Yeah, I'm going to say fact, Micah. And this one, this one, wow. Right? Action-packed. You said it perfectly. And I don't know who wins. I really don't. I think Chandler has to be the favorite. But you just don't know. When these two guys, when the bell rings, Micah, you just don't know. Skill set for skill set. They should be on even par. But Michael Chandler's performance from the first round to the second round decreases so much that it makes it close. I just feel like this is Schwarzenegger versus Stallone after Seagal already retired. So we get the last two action heroes fighting for what could be a shot at Volkanovski or Islam, which that one does look to be on the way to being signed for UFC 284. But we also want to talk about the basketball, and it's not surprising the Lakers are willing to look into options to either trade AD or Westbrook. Yeah, it's a fact, and they need to do it, and they have to do it. So there's your answer in the short form. In the long form, you'd hope they could all work together, three dominant all-stars. Not just three normal all-stars, three dominant all-stars. Just hasn't worked out, Michael. It just hasn't worked out, and... Westbrook still looks like he can go. Maybe it's time to move AD because Westbrook leading that bench unit and splitting the minutes with LeBron, that's very effective. I'd hate to say the odd man out is the guy that's been the most injured. The Jazz are for real. Jazz are for real. Donovan Mitchell goes to Cleveland and the Jazz are for real. Rudy Gobert 
goes to the T-Wolves, and the Jazz are for real. The Jazz are for real. Do you see what happy people that like to work together, that share the ball, can all of a sudden do? Did you remember that Colin Sexton went and passed the ball? Did you remember that Jordan Clarkson's a ball hog? Did you remember that, yes, two franchises, yes, my Bulls included, gave up on Larry Markin, and all of a sudden these guys, and Kelly Olynyk is having productive minutes? The Jazz are for real. And the Cavs, though... Might have the best starting five in the NBA. Well, some will argue that, so I'll say fact. To me, I'll say fiction to it. But they're good, Micah. That starting five is good. I'm terrified of that starting five when you look at just Allen, Mobley, then you go Garland. You see the defense, the offense. Mitchell is fitting in seamlessly. They're getting that three-spot locked down. Kevin Love coming off the bench. Basketball is back and for real in Cleveland. College NBA se- or college basketball season is also getting underway for the first time in a while. It looks like the Tar Heels, thanks to Caleb Love and Armando Bocott, seem to be a heavy favorite this year. Well, you know, I had this discussion earlier with Sebastian Noel. I like Kentucky's chances this year. Do I think UNC's number one or number two? Absolutely. I think Kentucky's right there. You can't count out Gonzaga. It seems like everybody on Gonzaga's been there seven years, right? You're going to see the exact same lineup that you saw the last couple of years. But I like Kentucky this year, Micah. But North Carolina fact is the real deal. Fiction that they win the title, I'm going with Kentucky. And then we also got a touch on the college football. And I'm saying Georgia will repeat. I agree. Fact. I agree. With a close second. Well, if they're a close second, it depends how the four end up, right? Because they could see Ohio State early. They could see Michigan early. So who wins, Michigan or Ohio State? And do you put the Michigan-Ohio State in the top four with one loss if it's a close game? Because I think Michigan and Ohio State are going to be tough outs for Georgia. If you want to bring up Michigan, that is the best running back that they have had there in two decades, and I think the most spectacular, entertaining player in college football today. So I'm going to agree with that. Georgia, as a fact, I think repeats, but I think their toughest outs are going to be Ohio State and Michigan. Now, I don't know if they match up. I don't know if they all make the four, but I think Ohio State or Michigan will give Georgia the most fits. Seven-game win streak. The New Jersey Devils have been a surprisingly darling story in the NHL. Well, and you know, the NHL kicked off, and for those of you hockey fans, these guys have reeled off seven in a row, Micah. Seven in a row. People in New Jersey are happy. We knew that New York was going to be real. We knew that Boston was going to be real. It's a pleasant surprise from New Jersey. Florida Panthers look good. My Lightning are struggling. That's fact or fiction. I still say go Bolts, Mike. Well, go Bolts, that's Tampa Bay for those of you keeping score at home. Go Bulls, that's Micah's favorite basketball team. Go Yankees, that's Micah's favorite baseball team. And the Baltimore Ravens are his favorite football team. Micah, that was fact or fiction. Now we go into our next segment, which is you pick them. You pick them last week to update everybody, Mike. Last week, we each went 7-3. and three. No, we did not duplicate the games. There was some wins for you, some losses for me, both on the other side. Overall, we are at 15-9 and nine for Mike Adams. Micah Frankel at 17-7 and seven after two weeks. This week is week three, and we are going to start off 
overseas. Munich, early in the morning in Germany. This is the best game that's ever been in a European market. Seattle and Tampa Bay. It's a great game, right? Tom Brady has been, they needed that victory last week. They squeaked it out. Seattle, my goodness, Micah. What is going on in Seattle? What is going on in Seattle? They have a revamped offense. They have Pete Carroll in control again with a quarterback that understands a run-first game plan, not to mention a a running back who his feet, his timing, his anticipation is reminiscent to Le'Veon Bell at his heyday, and not to mention the dude's a bowling ball going through the line. That's what's going on in Seattle. I take Tampa Bay. I'm taking the Seahawks because like you just told me, Tampa only squeaked it out and... I didn't mention this. We have a Seahawks defense that is actually getting better and allowing less points each week. Give me the Seahawks. Now, here we get into the interesting games of the weeks, and I'm so scared to pick some of these. Vikings versus the Bills. We don't know about the Josh Allen injury status right now. Are they playing in Minnesota or Buffalo? They're playing in Buffalo. I'm going I'm going with the Buffalo Bills. And, I, and I've been going with the Vikings every week, whether Allen plays or not. Because they're in Buffalo, I'm going with the Buffalo Bills. I just can't take Case Keenum over Kirk Cousins. The Vikings already told me who was better. They had both of them in camp, and they kept Kirk Cousins. I'm going with the Vikings. The most disrespected, let me say it again, most disrespected 7-1 team I think I've ever seen. Your Detroit Lions, because I know you love the knee biters there. <laughs> they travel to Chicago to take on the Bears. Who you getting, Mike? I'm 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 going with the Bears, and I think the Bears win by double digits. The Bears have unlocked the best quarterback, or wait, he was hands down the second best quarterback in the draft, and somehow falls to fifth, making everybody pay the Bears. Do they start to get something going here? I think they do. We have another what's going to be ugly kind of game. People are looking at this one to be a good old-fashioned slobber knocker. We got the Broncos and the Titans. Broncos and the Titans, Mike. And now this one I really had to think about. I flipped a coin, and then I flipped it again. Then I flipped it for a third time, Micah, and all three times it came up Titans. Got to go with the Titans. I'm agreeing with you on that one. The better coaching staff, the better syncrety between the team, a defense that ferocious and... Derrick Henry is on a roll. I was foolish to not take them against the Titans. I'm not not taking them at home going with the Titans. Jaguars visit the Chiefs. Is this just a layup for Kansas City here? Yeah, this if, if, we're, if we're saying who's just going to win, it's Kansas City. Now, is Kansas City giving up two touchdowns? Probably. But if we're just saying who's going to win, I'm going Kansas City. I, I don't even know if they're giving up two touchdowns. I've liked what... The Jaguars have done, and maybe they can learn a little bit from what Tennessee did. T- uh, Travis ENT has been getting going. Maybe they can run the ball, but it's Chiefs all day when you're in Kansas City. The Browns visit the Dolphins. I think this is the best matchup of them all of the week, Micah. The Dolphins struggled a little bit. Even though Tua looked great against the Bears, the Bears were coming back and putting up points on that defense. Now, the Browns, you don't know what team you're going to get. So I'm going to go Dolphins. Got to go Dolphins expecting that a second week for Bradley Chubb in practice. He's only going to help that defense more. And if you're not keeping up with it, Tyreek Hill is going to set a new single seedage 
season yardage record this year going with the Dolphins. The Texans travel all the way up to New York, and they are visiting the Giants. I like the Giants. That's all you had to say. Saquon Barkley, that's all I'm going to say. We're going with the Giants. The Saints travel up to Pittsburgh to visit Zach Gentry and the Steelers. I'm going with the Steelers, Mike. I think Zach Gentry, Drew Pickett, I think this is the week the Steelers put a W up. Well, this is definitely the week they put a W up because T.J. Watt is coming off the injury list. He will play this week, and that means that defense goes from pitiful to respectable very quickly. One difference maker on the line disturbs that much. We're both going with the Steelers, Colts, Raiders, Jeff Saturday, brand new coach, Josh McDaniels on the hot seat. Who do you got, Mike? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, Micah, if I go with the if I go with the Raiders, what's going to happen? They blew a 20-point, 17-point lead last week, whatever it was. And the Colts got a new coach in Mr. Saturday, right? But they're playing on Sunday. I'm going to I hate to do this, Micah, but I'm going I'm going to stick with my Raiders, Micah. I we have a 30-year-old Play caller who's an analytics specialist for an owner who said he doesn't want analytics around his team anymore. The Raiders have to show more signs of life, even though Darren Waller, IARD, Renfro, IARD, this is all about Josh Jacobs, hand the ball to him, and then throw it to Devontae Adams. That's the only option, but the Raiders have to get this win. They have to. The Mike McCarthy revenge game, does he get the win over the Packers? Yes. Fact. Both. Oh, wait a minute, Micah. This is you pick them. Yes, the Cowboys. <laughs> Cowboy country. We're going with the Cowboys. This one seemed like a slam dunk on its own. Here gets a little bit interesting. Again, the Cardinals visit the Rams. And as of time of recording, we don't know if Matthew Stafford is out of concussion protocol. Are they in SoFi Stadium or are they in Phoenix? They're in SoFi. I'm going with the Rams. Oh, I'm sorry. There is no home field advantage for either one of these teams. They don't have fan bases. I'm taking the Cardinals because at least we know their starting quarterback will be in the room. Micah, this is the same Rams that won the Super Bowl last year with no fan base? No, no, no. This was the L.A. fan base. That that was Hollywood star fan base. That was That was just people that wanted to be at the Super Bowl fan base. But you know who has a big fan base? The team hosting the last game we're going to talk about on Monday. Oh, actually, the team that's going to be hosting the Sunday night game, the Chargers go to the 49ers. I like the 49ers, Mike. I like the 49ers by seven. Gotta like the 49ers. We don't know if Herbert's going to have either one of his weapons healthy in that run game. It's time for them to turn around. Debo Samuel is healthy. Also, a big old fan base. For the team hosting the Monday night game, here I go. Washington travels to Philadelphia. Do the Eagles remain unbeaten? They do. So the Eagles I like. That seems like a lot of games this week, right? There's a lot of games. We only had 12 games last week, back to 14 games this week. Well, we both agree on the Eagles, and that concludes you pick them. See, Michael, we did fact or fiction. You pick them. And people are digging the you pick them, just so you know. Oh, that's really cool. I'm glad they're liking the you pick. I'm trying my hardest to bring up my football knowledge to give the best predictions I can. That's what I like to hear. Sell behind the glass. I thank you, sir. Sebastian Noel, thank you for the interview. For Joe O'Neill, the president, appreciate you. For Alyssa Ryan, Preston, John, Michael, you're listening to Mike Adams 2.0. Don't forget Spotify. Don't forget Apple Podcasts. Don't forget the Instagram at Mike Adams 2.0. You're listening to Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. 
Thanks for joining us for Mike Adams 2.0, presented by El Mesquite Market, bringing cultures together. Join us again next Saturday, 9 to 10, on your New Mexico-owned and operated station, ESPN Radio 101.7.